thanks so much for being with us. Uh, had a little big, well, I shouldn't say a big cloud. So uh, it's a big cloud, but a little strong thunderstorm. Is that is that safe to say? Can you say that? Right around Baker and Downer. As I always like to joke about suburbs of my hometown, Barnesville. But uh, had some high winds and a little bit of nickel-sized hail. Some reports coming in with that. So kind of keep that in mind. Just uh, this big black cloud kind of heading that way. So we'll uh, follow that for you. And some storms kind of popping up. It got humid in a real quick hurry. And so we'll keep you up to date on that. Um, as far as everything else, we've got a big show for you tonight. We'll take you up to the 8 o'clock, and then Bob Harrison, Nighttime Live, will take over. Twins have the night off tonight, as we mentioned, and Seth Stoes is here to talk with us about the Minnesota Twins. There's so much going on with the rumor mill and what have you, but Seth from a TwinsDaily.com, thanks so much for being with us. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be on, Derek. Yeah, is it raining up in your neck of the woods? I don't think this is no big secret. You're up in Warhol, right? I mean, correct. That's that's fine. Yeah, it's uh, no, it's kind of threatened all day, but nothing's come of it yet. But we'll see. It's definitely like you said, getting a little more humid. Yeah, that's for sure. And you're a Perm native. We should uh, mention too. So and so the old Heart of Lakes rivalry it still goes on for us. That's right. Hashtag Perm represent. <laughs> yes, uh, thunderstorm warning has uh, popped up now for Clay County. I should mention and Wilkin. Uh, beginning at 6.16, ending at 6.46. So just kind of this big, dark cloud is – I feel like Charlie Brown, right? You go into Clay County and it's following me around. But that is uh, what's going <laughs> on here, this big, uh, severe thunderstorm going on Clay County and Wilkin. Starting again here, just underway and until 6.46. We'll keep you up to date on that. If you have any reports, feel free to call in. So it probably wasn't the, the best series that the Twins wanted. They do split with the Kansas City Royals. The Royals – I don't know if they're just bringing up some young kids, but they're a little bit more plucky than what I thought they would be. Yeah, you know, I kept saying over the weekend while watching, they're kind of a pesky, scrappy little team. I mean, they don't have the stars. Whit Merrifield's tremendous. Jorge Soler's got the power. But they don't strike out. They don't make mistakes. They run well. They do little things, unlike most teams in baseball. So it's a different brand of baseball. And, and uh, you know, it seems like its value would be in keeping games close, and that's what they did. Well, that's so. It's one of those things too, where the Twins have been hitting so much. When you have a game like yesterday, where it seemed like it was tough for the Twins to get some hits, you're almost frustrated as a fan. We're almost an embarrassment of riches right now. We got a little spoiled in a short time here. Well, right. I mean, uh, you know, on the road and they split with a team that yes, they're better than. You'd love to win three out of four, but getting two out of four and you, you know, there's a certain amount of Twins fandom and some of that's you know Twitter driven, but. Uh, that would think the sky is falling down. You know, <laughs> Cleveland's only eight games back now. And, you know, it, it, it's amazing. You can have a, a series that you split and, and people are, are, are thinking that things are, are turning the, the negative way. And I guess that tells you how spoiled we've been for three months. Don't you think that's a little bit because, and you know this, in the upper Midwest, we're probably football crazed more than any other sport, right? We love our twins. We like the wild and all that, but Let's face it, it's pretty much a Vikings, and then around here you got a lot of college football love. It's kind of a football mentality that bleeds over to other sports, unfortunately, especially for a, a sport that has 162 games. Right, and I've, I've uh, kind of been tracking every 10-game 10 10 increment, you know, just to see how they're doing because that kind of simulates the football schedule, you know, 16 games. So, sure. And the first 70 games over – 
their those seven ten game increments, they would be seven and all. And uh, <laughs> it, it took until this week, the thirteenth week of the season, for them to have a losing week. So, you know, again, things things are going all right for the Twins. How much do you? I mean, is this it a coincidence? Because I I don't know if the numbers will show it, or you know, if you can really put a finger on it with the analytics. But there's something about Byron Buxton. He's out last year. They aren't as good. He's out for this week. They just didn't look like they had as much juice in their lineup. But it, how much do they miss him? I think they miss him a lot. It's a weird thing to have a guy like that with that much talent to turn over that lineup the way he does later in games. Well, and as much as I said things are going well, you know, there's certain things that you can kind of find right now, and one of those are the injuries. And to me, I agree with you completely that nothing's been, uh, you know, more detrimental than Byron Buxton being out of the lineup. And you know, we saw that last year, but we really see it this year. You know, his defense. I mean, Max Kepler's fine in center. Jake Cave's not a very good outfielder. So you mean you're a minus when he's out there, not out there on defense. And even though he was quote unquote just hitting ninth, he was incredibly valuable with the bat too. So you know, you lump all that together, and and uh, man, his uh, and you you do you like at the advanced statistics, the things like wins above replacement, and only Jorge Polanco is higher on the team than than Byron Buxton. So that that proves that he's got a ton of value. A lot has been made about his approach at the plate this year compared to years past because I think, you know, the traditional baseball guys, they're looking at him and they want him to be patient at the plate and, you know, two-strike count. They want him to take it the other way, work out, you know, try to beat out a bunt maybe for a single many times. But he's just going to go up there, use his athleticism, and try to pull the ball. And it seems to be working for him. And Maybe that's why he fits more as a ninth spot guy than a traditional leadoff guy, despite his speed. Yeah, I mean, I guess the reason for moving him up in the order, and I would think maybe to fifth, sixth, seventh, or something like that, is because over the course of a year, every spot in the order is going to be about 20, 25 uh, bats. So that adds up over time. You want his bat out there as much as possible. But he's not a slappy little Billy Hamilton Terrence Gore type of hitter. He's got good power. And when he hits the ball into gaps, he can, he can run. And, and, you know, anytime he's on first, he can score on a, on a, for sure a double, but even some singles. So, I mean, his value definitely goes beyond the typical uh, leadoff type of hitter, which I think, like you said, a lot of people tried to pigeonhole him into that, that role. Did you see another guy who's been kind of having nagging injuries here, Mitch Garver, He's a guy that, you know, I like Jason Castro a lot for a lot of different reasons. I think he handles the staff well, but, boy, Mitch Garver is coming up, and he's really been a guy that's given a lot of juice to this lineup as well. Yeah, and you almost feel bad because Castro is having – he's having a remarkable season. Right. I mean, if if not for Garver doing what he's doing, uh, you know, Castro would be talked about as an all-star candidate too. So, uh, But Garver's been terrific. He's always been known for his hitting, and, and, again, talking to him this spring, he knew that if he didn't improve his defense – he probably wouldn't be long for the league. So not only did he just drastically improve his defense, you've seen it with the uh, Tony Pena style catching and he's getting those calls now. Um, but also he has a very, he has a great eye. I mean, he does not swing outside of the strike zone, which is great. And when he does swing, he hits the ball hard. So, I mean, he, he's obviously got an approach that involves lifting the ball and, and he's done that with, with great authority. Again, we just want to mention here, as we're talking with Seth Stoltz from Twins Daily, Derek Hansen with you on Couch Potato Radio. Severe thunderstorm warning going on for South Central Clay County and Northeastern Wilkin County. And again, we got 615. This uh, severe thunderstorm was located near Baker. 
and uh, kind of heading uh, uh, towards Downer at 625 around Barnesville. It's going to swing around at 645, so hopefully my fence is still holding up by the time <laughs> I'm uh, there when I get home. But uh, could have uh, some hail, quarter-size hail, maybe potential for 60-mile-an-hour wind gusts. So just to kind of keep that in mind, just with this humidity coming in, circling up that uh, little uh, severe thunderstorm heading in southern Clay County and northern Wilkin County. And we'll keep you up to date. If you have any reports, feel free to call us at 237-5948. So much talk about trades, obviously. Beefing up the bullpen, maybe getting another starter. How likely do you see this, Seth? Is there... I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of talk, and it'll keep on going up and on until the hard trade deadline for the first time in 2019 with the uh, July 31st trade deadline. How do you see this playing out? I would be uh, a little surprised and, and almost shocked and, and quite disappointed if the Twins don't make a move. Actually, I think there's a more likelihood that they make two moves, but you know, with Martin Perez now struggling for his last four or five starts, always wondering about Michael Pineda's ability to last long into games. Uh, I, I don't think it'd be a bad idea to add a number, uh, not a number four starter, but a fourth starter that you feel you can really rely on. And in the playoffs, you need four starters. So uh, that might also improve the bullpen by you know shifting Perez or Pineda there. Um, and secondly, I do think, you know, there's only how, how many guys in the bullpen do you trust beyond Taylor Rogers? And, I, and there's some guys that are doing okay, but you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing to, to try to acquire a lockdown reliever or two, whether they're left-handed or right-handed. And I, I think there's a good chance that that'll happen. Do you think, I mean, would they go for broke a couple of rental players like with a Madison Baumgartner or a Will Smith or, you know, I mean, a reliever with Smith, who I think everyone will be really chomping at the bit for come at the end of July here? Yeah, I think what you'll find is Will Smith will uh, yield a bigger uh, prospect pay payday for the Giants than Madison Baumgartner, who, you know, I think a lot of people look back to what he did in the World Series five years ago and, and think that's what they're getting. At this point, you know, you're getting a guy that probably slots as the Twins. If he were with the Twins, they're number two, number three, number four starter, which is, I'm not against getting a guy like that. Like I said, they need four starters in the playoffs. But I think we need to set the expectation for what he's, he is at this point. And again, with him being a rental, it, the cost shouldn't be that terribly high. But then again, the Yankees are going to probably go after a starter and other teams will as well that are in the playoff hunt. So um, I personally, and I mean, if we're, we're talking dream scenarios, I think anyone would want a guy like uh, even a Marcus Stroman, who not only would you get for the rest of this year, but you would have for next year as well. Someone like that. I didn't really like the Ryan Presley trade looking back on it, although they are getting guys you know, from Houston that were pretty good, but Boy, it seems like it bites you in the butt a little bit this year. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah, and that was the one guy that they traded last year that did have control beyond last year. Right. Uh, you know, Brian Dozier, Eduardo Escobar, uh, the other guys they traded all were free agents at the end of last year. And again, they got a nice haul for Ryan Presley, who just never quite got to where we all thought he could get to. And and the Twins had the numbers, and they shared with him the numbers. He just didn't want to throw that breaking ball, which is, which is pretty much all he throws for Houston, and it's made him one of the most dominant pitchers in, in the game. Of course, they also were at a point last year where they weren't going to make the playoffs last year, and I don't think any of us saw what happened this year coming, including probably them. So they were all about stockpiling. And so, I mean, at the time, I thought it made sense. Um, right now, it, man, Ryan Presley would look really good in the back end of the bullpen. No question. You are a guy that's known for keeping track of the farm system. You love the minor league system for the Minnesota Twins, following the names and watching them grow. Is there anyone that you would not 
want us to touch as far as a, as a Twins fan. You wouldn't want to see go to another team. Well, and that, you know, if, if the Angels called and said Mike Trout's available for Royce Lewis and Alex <laughs> Kirilov, you say yes. But otherwise, you know, it's, it's really uh, Kirilov and Lewis and probably right-hander Bruce Dargraderall. Uh, that would be in the untouchable category, you know, unless something like that happened. There's a lot of other guys, the Trevor Larnick, Yohan Duran, uh, Jordan Blazovich, um, that are kind of in that next tier where you better be getting something really good for these guys. And then they just have so much depth. We're working on our top 40 twins prospect list right now. Sean Poppin was our number 40 twins prospect, and he made his major league debut last week. So there's a lot of depth that I think should intrigue teams for a you know, reliever or a, uh, you know, a, a starter. I mean, they've got a ton of depth that I, I, that's why I think they can be, can be active. Since you mentioned Poppin and, and we talked so much about trades and, and all that, but come August, is there a chance that you're going to have a guy like that? Or maybe they put Smeltzer to the bullpen to be another left-hander out of the bullpen. And I think he'd actually be a decent reliever with kind of his funky release. Is that a possibility that could help them out on the back end as we get closer and closer to September? I feel like Derek Falvey has a big, big picture for the organization and it goes well beyond 2019. So I don't think he's going to let the team be um, fleeced in any sort of trade, but at the same time, um, you know, I do think he's going to make some moves to make this year's team better, just to be fair to this year's team. Uh, but at the same time, if they're not, if, if people are just overwhelming and trying to get too much, you know, there are Devin Smeltzers. There's uh, Sean Poppin was impressive. Uh, Cole Stewart in the bullpen might, you know, be able to get some strikeouts. And they've got guys like Nick Gordon, and we've seen Luis Arise and Brent Rooker's on fire. There's guys at AAA that could come up and help. But I also feel like there is a, and maybe it's just among fans, um, but you know, it almost just would seem unfair to the players on the current roster if you don't go out there and try to get some veteran help that you know will, you know, you kind of know what they'll do over the final two months as opposed to hoping these guys aren't overwhelmed in a pennant race making their major league debuts. I think it's safe to say that as far as position players, the Twins are not going to make a move there, right? I would, I mean, unless something just changes drastically and a major injury or something like that, I would be shocked. But, uh, no, I think their concentration should absolutely be pitching. As far as when you look at uh, what's going on here with Miguel Sano, and, and you know the old fandom goes, so many times you'll have people say, oh, they should trade Sano with the strikeouts and all that. Well, first of all, an organization, do they really want to pick up a guy with that many strikeouts? But the curious case of Miguel Sano, it doesn't go away because we've seen him at the top of his game, you know, 2015 and and, and 16 and all that, you, you saw where he was going to be, and then he gets hurt, and, and we know the story from there. What's your take on the third baseman? Um, you know, honestly, I don't know that it's changed a whole lot over the last year. Um, at this point, I don't necessarily think he's a cornerstone for an organization, but at the same time, if you look at his numbers, his on-base percentage, his slugging percentage, I mean, they're higher than Eddie Rosario, who we all think is an all-star. So, um, right now he's in a, he's in a horrible funk, <laughs> you know, just making contact is an issue. But again, even, even in that we saw when he does make contact and solid contact, what happens? So I'm definitely not willing to trade him at this point. I think he'd be selling low. And also I think he can help. I think he's, he's had a rough stretch here, but we know that when he's right, he can be really good. He's, he's been through a lot the last couple of years, some self-inflicted, 
Uh, a lot of it injury related, you know, including a titanium rod in his leg and the weird uh, scratch to the back of his heel that got infected this spring. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely willing to give him more time. Um, but, you know, as the playoffs come along, Marwin Gonzalez can play there. A. Ray Adrianza can play there. Um, so he, I don't necessarily feel you have to play him every day, but to me, he's a guy that way too much potential and he's still just 25. I would not give up on him at all. Yeah, well, it's tough to watch a guy who's known for hitting fastballs a long ways not to be able to catch up with a 92-mile-an-hour fastball. That should be what he's looking for, right? Yeah, and I think there are some swing things. Uh, Parker Hageman on our site today did some video analysis of his swing, and yeah, I mean, there's some interesting things there. That is very frustrating. He's never been able to hit a really good fastball at the belt or higher, but you know, like you said, 92, 93, right down the middle is something that everyone dreams of getting, and you know, he's just flat out missing them most of the time at this point. Well, it certainly has been a lot of fun. I'm guessing as a big Twins fan, you, you've enjoyed the start of the season. Because let's face it, back in March, as much as we're grumbling about losing, what, three games as far as the lead in the American League Central, if you'd have told me here going into last week of June that the Twins would be eight games ahead of Cleveland in first place of the, of the division, I think we'd have been jumping up for joy, right? Oh, absolutely. And I, I think, uh, was it when you were down in, in Florida this spring, we talked a little bit and yeah. Yeah, I want to say we were both predicting 84, 85 wins for this team. I mean, this, this team should pass that no problem this year. And yeah, yeah I think we de- do need to take a step back and have a little perspective for a team that won 78 and a team that really hasn't been very good since 2010. I, I think it's important that we just try to enjoy it as much as we can. And that's not to say, you know, not notice things that can be approved upon and, and voicing that sometimes, but big picture, man, this, this team has come a long ways and they're doing a lot of good things. That's for sure. Sestos, thanks so much. We will read your stuff on twinsdaily.com. Always interesting. As you mentioned, that video should be pretty intriguing to kind of break down Miguel Snow's a swing. Take care and we'll talk to you very soon. All right. Sounds great, Derek. Have a good night. You bet. Sesto's with us again. Twinsdaily.com. We'll talk more about the Twins if you want at 237-5948. Again, we do have that thunderstorm warning with some high winds and some uh, quarter-sized hail around the region. Southern Clay County, also northern Wilkin County, kind of rolling around, uh, going through Baker on 630 to Barnes around 645. We'll keep you up to date all throughout the evening here. Couch Potato Radio, Derek Hansen with you on the Mighty 790 KFGO.